Okay, good deal. So, um, Steve, thanks for uh, taking the time to do this. Um, just, I guess, to get started, tell me a little bit about how you got into the restaurant business. Well, I, I actually will. I started at uh, 13 years old. I started washing dishes. Uh, I think it was illegal at the time, to be honest. I, they paid me $3 <laughs> an hour cash under the table. I was at a Chinese restaurant. I was the only American in there. I had no idea what they what they were saying every week. But uh, And then I quickly got into cooking. Um, you know, I I, uh, I mean, things. I grew up in Atlanta, so things like I opened the first Bud Ruckers in Atlanta, and I was 16 and a grill cook. And, um, and then I worked at the first Houston's that ever opened and, uh, and pretty quickly after a few burns and scars, when I, I could see through the smoke, all the pretty girls were out front. I kind of figured out that I needed to, (laughs) I needed to get out there and wait tables and that this angry chef screaming at me was not the road I wanted to go down. So, uh. So it was, uh, you know, it was good. It was, uh, and and I've been very fortunate. Um, I ended up in Charleston in 1990. I was 21 years old, uh, and I opened Magnolias and and sort of met my first mentor, a guy by the name of Chris Goss, who who was kind of the visionary behind Magnolias. And um, it was the first time that I had somebody kind of take me under their wing and say, you know, see, people don't go out to eat to eat, to eat food. They go out to eat to have an experience, and we're here to create that experience. And and that was I, what I call a light bulb moment for me because um, it was the first time that I sort of saw dining as something more than just the mechanics of serving somebody a plate of food mm-hmm. um, and, and, and immediately fell in love. And, you know, at that point, there was no food network. There was no top chef. Uh, the restaurant business was still considered what you did until you figured out what you were going to do. Um, mm. You know, everybody was always saying, well, I'm just doing this till I get a real job. And uh, it always felt like a real job to me. I mean, I was working 70 or 80 hours a week and loving every minute of it. Um, but And then I sort of fell in love with wine, um, fell in love with every aspect of it and uh again the craft cocktail thing had not happened craft beers had not happened so wine was really the the thing that you learned about um and and uh from there kind of started doing education um opened opened uh blossom cafe in 92 for the magnolia's folks and then moved back to atlanta and opened canoe and I won't bore you with all the details, but I've opened 35 restaurants and uh, and nine hotels. So, um, you know, I've I've uh, I've just always loved the idea that we were there to take care of people. Um, I've never sort of lost that enthusiasm for creating a moment for somebody that they would remember. Man, that's awesome. You know, um, going back to that light bulb moment. Uh, Tell me more about creating a great experience. And I ask that in the context of we all know when we're when we've had a great experience or when we're having one. Sometimes you can't even put your finger on exactly why though, which is fascinating to me. Like, you know, the food has to be good, the service has to be good, all that stuff, the ambience, but 
there seems like there's something more there sometimes where you go, gosh, that was fantastic. I don't exactly know why, but it was really good. The whole thing, I want to go back to that place. And that may be, a, as you said, a hotel or certainly a restaurant experience. What what goes into that? And I know that's hard to it's hard to describe, and there's there's a lot that uh, is, um, you know, probably just intuition on your part. But I'd love to hear more of your thoughts about that, kind of when you had that moment and what you've learned along the years for how to create that kind of experience that's so memorable because you've done it consistently, clearly, in your career um, for a long time now. Well, you know, we talk about the experience all the time. It's, you know, sometimes it's tangible. Like sometimes a guest will leave the restaurant and go, God, that waiter was just amazing. They just mm-hmm. knew the menu. They seemed so excited. Um, and, and obviously, uh, as sort of the ambassador, if you will, of the restaurant, uh, we put a lot of energy into our service staff about creating that experience. But but in the, but also sometimes it's intangible. Sometimes it's it's just a feeling you have. Um, sometimes you leave and and you you know people. I think people have varying degrees of how much they pay attention to the details. I mean, I, I, you know, some people will say some people cook at home. And so they're like, God, how did they cook that rack of lamb? Other people going out to dinner is a social experiment. Um, you know, oftentimes it's a business dinner. Sometimes it's a first date. Sometimes it's a old friends who have gotten together. I mean, there's so many different scenarios that bring people to a restaurant. And we talk about that all the time, being able to read, you know, it's kind of a one size fits one. You know, what kind of experience is, is is that particular table looking for? You know, businessmen are probably looking for efficiency and to be seen and not heard. Um, you know, try a new restaurant. People often want to hear what it's all about. Um, so I, I, there's so many different experiences. And, but but you know, I think it kind of breaks down into tangible experiences where people go that was the best pasta I've ever had in my life or, but, or the intangible, like, God, what a great evening. It just, just felt good in there. And, you know, for me, that comes, um, that, that comes from the people that work inside the four walls. I mean, we, we say this all the time. It's great to have investors. It's great to have concepts. I think we build good looking restaurants, but without people, um, it, 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 people are what make a restaurant. So, you know, it's, it's, it's our responsibility first to create and, and nurture staff that want to create that experience for guests. You know, you can have the coolest restaurant in the world, but if you've got a, a server with a bad attitude waiting on you, it doesn't, you're not going to overcome that. Um, you know, or, or more importantly, the one that really gets me is you get a server that's indifferent. They, they, you can tell that they're just going through the motions. Hi, how are you tonight? Do you have any questions? Okay, and the food comes, and it's maybe it's even technically correct. The food comes in an appropriate time. It tastes good. The bill comes. But you just kind of go, yeah, well, it was pretty good. You know, and again, it's that intangible. You don't really know. There just was nothing memorable about it um, versus the server that, you know, hey, have you done with this before? Thank you so much for being here. Let me tell you a little bit about our menu. And, and you just have this feeling of like, wow, this person is, is really engaged in, in, in our experience. And, uh, and and the same, by the way, the same goes for cooks. They, they may not interact directly with the guests, but I, we have a saying that happy cooks cook happy food. 
Um, mm. You know, if we don't have a spirit of hospitality in the kitchen, then I think ultimately your food's not going to taste as good. Um, so we spend a lot of energy on with our chefs. You know, we don't have the, the old school. What I grew up with was the yeller screamer chefs. And, uh, you know, we just, that's just not a culture that, that we allow. We, we, our main focus, we, we talk about our priorities and, and, and what's the number one priority in our restaurant. And believe it or not, it's not the guests. The number one priority in the restaurant is the employees. Because mm-hmm. if the employees aren't hospitable, if they're not coming to work in a positive environment, if they're not feeling inspired every day, then what kind of experience are they going to give the guests? They're going to give the guests an, an okay experience. So um, I think it's tangible and intangible. I think, you know, I get stopped by people that will say, God, in DACO, of all your restaurants, and DACO is my favorite. But they can't, they don't really say because I think the food's the best or because the service is the best. They don't know why it's their favorite. They just know it is their favorite. And uh, and And oftentimes they'll say, it just feels good in there, you know, and that that has to do with the people, I think, ultimately. Putting, so. putting your uh, – I love that. So putting your primary focus on the employees, so really the great guest experience is almost the, just the byproduct of that. Um, exactly. Exactly. The, exactly. Yeah. A, a guest – and that doesn't mean it's not important, but – a guest is going to naturally have a better experience by somebody that is enjoying their job. And, and we have to hire to that, by the way. I mean, it's, you know, we, we sort of identified, we do manager retreats three or four times a year and um, I get everybody in the room and, you know, we've gone from one to 13 restaurants in, in seven, seven and a half years. So it's been a, a rapid growth and, and there's been, there's been decisions to be made and ways of doing things. So I'm very collaborative in nature. So whenever I think, okay, we need to refine how we're doing things. I get everybody in a room and I let them be a part of the, the, the discussion. So we identified qualities, emotional qualities that somebody really needed to have to work with us that, that by the way, had nothing to do with what their resume said. Um, because we, we, we talk about the technical and the emotional. And, you know, we think I think I can teach you how to ring a check up. I can teach you how to clock in. I can teach you how to put the right silverware in the right place. But I can't teach you to care about, genuinely care about the guest experience. And I think, you know, so we figured out that if people are, are, are is our secret sauce, if you will, then, then we need to be sure we're hiring the, the same kind of person. Um, and, and so, yeah, yeah, we, we put so much energy in, and we're, look, we're not perfect. We get it wrong. Sometimes um, we're in an era. I'm sure you guys are hearing of extreme short staffed. Um, just, a, just a la- the labor market in the restaurant industry is, is terribly uh, anemic right now. Um and there's a lot of talk in the industry about, uh, you know, living wages for the kitchen and work conditions and all of those sort of things. So we feel all that more compelled. Like we, we have to have, you know, we, we have to have an environment that people want to come to. Because the truth is today, especially in a city like Charleston where there's restaurants on every corner, you know, if a server is not happy, 
they can walk out the door and within two hours they're going to be hired somewhere else. Um, so it, it really is incumbent upon us if we're if we're doing it right. We're creating an environment where people love coming to work, and our guests are just naturally going to get a better experience. They just are. Do you think that? Um, do you think if you're if you're doing it right, then the people that leave are probably uh, we're not the right fit, I guess, in the first place. Um, is that? I mean, how do you? Yes. I, I would say ninety percent of the people that leave us, whether they choose to leave us or we choose to part ways. Um, and this is true of executive chefs and general managers too. It's when they didn't have those emotional qualities that we that, that I mentioned. It's usually because they, you know, it's not because you know the server man, you just you can't seem to ring the orders in right. I mean, it's usually because you, you're not a team player, or in the kitchen, it's hey, the way you're speaking to people is just not okay. And and I would almost say 100% of the time we've let go of somebody in a senior leadership position. It's because uh, our term for it is internal hospitality. Um, it's because their internal hospitality is not where it needs to be. You know, it's interesting because um, you really need somebody with a servant's heart, if you will, and our culture is very much based around self-centeredness now so it seems uh and then in a market like charleston like you said that's so competitive i've got to imagine it's extraordinarily hard to find those people when you when you find them how do you keep them (laughs) yeah no it's incredibly hard and you know you you the truth is we're, we're not um i want to word this the right way so take the Macintosh, right? So the chef there has been nominated five times for Best Chef, Southeast James Beard. We were nominated by the James Beard Foundation Best New Restaurant in 2011. Um, you know, that is a restaurant that, say, five, ten years ago, you would have had servers with a minimum of five years' experience. They would have had a vast knowledge of wine. Well, we just don't have that. We, we, we're not seeing those resumes anymore. So we're, again, going back to not to be a broken record, we're having to hire to the emotional qualities and just accepting that, hey, we're going to have to spend more time training them. Mm-hmm. But if they're the right person, they're going to get it. And, and, and yeah, it, it, it requires more work as a restaurant owner. Um, but it's the, it's the new world order. I mean, we just, you know, at our steakhouse at Oak, we're 11 years old. You know, we've got those older servers who know the wines. Um, But in all of our other restaurants, I mean, we're hiring, you know, 21 to 25-year-old people. And and so they don't have a ton of experience. So we're just having to accept that, okay, you know, if they're the right person, though, they're going to respond to our environment. They're going to go, man, I love this. I, I do an orientation for new hires try to do it once a month but I'm I'm you know I'm a little spread thin these days so sometimes it's every two months so anybody that's been hired within those two months comes and sits and I and it's really very informal but we just talk about our culture and and the best thing I can hear is say somebody's been working there two or three weeks at one of our restaurants and they say man, I just, I've never worked in a restaurant like this. Everybody, I just love it so much. Or or somebody that's been there a week, I'll say, well, why did you want to work at 
Oku or Ndako, and they say, well, I just always heard that the restaurants are a great place to work. And so that's like the ultimate compliment for me. Um, you know, it, it, it is incredibly hard to find and keep people. But I find that 90% of the time, and I heard this, I, I worked for Rich Carlson Hotels a long time ago um, before Marriott owned them. Um, and, and I heard something in a manager training program that said, you know, people don't leave jobs, they leave managers. And I have found that to be universally true. And in our case, the tipped employees, I find that, you know, there might be another restaurant down the street where they can make more money, but but people, they if, if, if the environment's right, that's what they'll stay for. Um, that's, that's interesting. People don't leave jobs, they leave managers. I, I've never heard that, but... I, I, I believe it. I mean, I think, I mean, there might be 5% of the people that say, Hey, I love working here, but whatever, I need to make more money somewhere else. I, you know, but the majority, the vast majority, when people quit, it's because they're unhappy with their manager. Well, you have a growing business with lots of opportunities. I know that come with that. Is that attractive to a lot of folks these days, or do you still see people like when you were coming up that view this as a stepping stone type job. I know there's a mix, but I'm just curious if um, with the job market as it is, are people looking at this as more of a career move now, and particularly in a business like yours that has grown and will certainly continue to grow? Uh, there, there are a lot of opportunities, I imagine, to grow within your group. Is that an attractive piece to a lot of the folks you hire? I think so. You know, Will, I tell our servers or whoever's sitting in that meeting, listen, if this is the career for you, if you have a light bulb moment, maybe you walked in the door because you didn't know what else to do, maybe, you, but, but if the light bulb comes on for you, you don't ever need to work with any other group again because we have different cuisines. We have, you know, we're, we're, we're always growing. There's always an opportunity to be promoted. Um, you know, we're, we're making people partners that were waiters five years ago. And, um, you know, Kimball Branza, who's our managing partner for all three of the Okus, he was a waiter at Oak Steakhouse and he became the GM at Oku in Charleston and, and just really made the restaurant what it was. And, and so we said, you know what, we want to do more of these and we want you to be a part of it. Uh, Jeremiah Bacon came in as a partner at Oak. We opened the Macintosh and I said, you know, I'm, I, I'm going to split every dollar I make with you. So, I believe that that if you want a career in the industry, then 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 you know there's if we're again we have to do it right. We have to be all of the things that I say we are. We have to live up to our to our own expectations and the employees' expectations. But I think that there's never a reason for somebody to leave. And and it's interesting. We've had two or three people in the last year leave that like you just hated to leave, and you're just God. I wish we would have. And they've all come back. They've all come mm. back and said, you know, I went somewhere else. Maybe it was a line cook who said, you know, I got offered a dollar or two dollars more down the street, and they all come back. And I and and that's environment. That's not compensation. That's do you also environment? Well, do you also have? Imagine on occasion you have folks that, like yourself, you know, you may have been a mentor, but they've they've you know decided to go out and start their own thing. I mean, is that something that you, while you hate to lose them, you, you, you're proud to see as well when you, when you may have influenced somebody to go 
you know, start their own first restaurant or uh, do something sure. on their own? Sure. I, I, you know, I think that, um, I, listen, I'm, I'm not silly. Uh, you know, some of our superstars want, want to own their own business and I've, I've, I've told them all I'll be there. I'll be there on opening night cheering you on. You know, I mean, that's, people did that for me and, uh, and I, I feel a responsibility to do that for the next generation. I mean, we, we talk a lot about, you know, mentoring the next generation. Uh, there's mm-hmm. so much talk about, the millennials and the lack of work ethic and, the, and, the, and, you know, and, and, you know, I, I'm not going to say that we haven't found that to be true at times. Um, but if I can take somebody who's in that age group, who doesn't, who doesn't really know how wonderful this, this industry can be and turn that bulb on for them and they go on someday to open their own restaurant. Well, you know, I've got a half a dozen names that did it for me over the last 20 years. So it's kind of like paying it forward. Wouldn't you say it's interesting because the um, the whole work ethic thing with millennials, um, in some senses, I would think if you know, and you've got a lot of these these folks on your on your team when you're when you are of that age group, uh, because that is the case sometimes. If you're willing to to work hard and um, you know really be willing to earn your stripes, so to speak, it gives you such an advantage over a lot of your peers. Um, at least, you know, that's what I kind of tell my kids is, look, it, it, you know, the, the bars is what it is. It's it's lower now from the perspective of a lot of folks. So if, you, if you're the one who's out there working really hard and um, being willing to, to earn your keep, then you're going to have huge opportunities um, because of that climate. I, I agree. I mean, I've said, you know, we, we've, We've unfortunately, you know, I'm 47, um, and 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 some of my managers that are in their 40s, we don't have a lot. Um, at times, have have kind of struggled with the millennials, you know, just struggling to connect, struggling to how can I reach these people? Because what I keep saying is, listen, guys, they are the workforce. So yeah. you know, it's that old saying, adapt or die. You know, I mean, and and I see other operators other restaurant owners and i listen and and they don't feel the way i feel and they don't you know there's this constant sort of god they suck and then this and mm. you know and, and again i keep saying well find the one find the one who is willing to work hard and let's create a life for them uh and try and build some loyalty with them and and what i have found you know is when you when when that generation feels like they have a voice uh, which is why I believe in collaborative environments. And when they're they're valued, uh, then they really prosper. Now, some of them <laughs> have unrealistic expectations, and and you know, and you can't always meet. Having a voice doesn't mean that you always get to give them everything they want. And I think sometimes that gets a little confused when when we say, "Hey, we want to hear from you." Um, but you know, the ones that are, you know, we have a. 26 year old general manager uh at oku in charleston and he'll tell you i grew up spoiled and i didn't know what work ethic was and and he's had his moments you know there's been some moments where we've had to sit him down and go listen this is the real world i'm sorry that you're working 55 60 hours a week i i don't know what to say you know i I, we try to give everybody two days off but you know I just keep trying to, to find ways to connect and keep communicating a message of, 
listen, you know, there is a career here for you, but it's got to be, we've got to have a mutually beneficial relationship. It can't be one-sided. It can't be all about what you want, what you need. You know, the business has needs too. And, 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 and we will spend the next decade navigating that with these folks, you know, I mean, but again, they are the workforce. So, yeah, you know, it's uh, they're not going anywhere. Uh, and, and the restaurant business is hard. You know, I mean, I, I I have worked nights, weekends and holidays for the better part of 30 years. And uh, and I don't I wouldn't have it any other way. But it's 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 a real tricky time for our business. More restaurants than ever before are opening. Um, but if you look nationally, attendance at culinary schools is flat. So, so, you know, the statistics are not in our favor. So all the more reason why we have to create an environment that people want to stay in. Well, and gosh, you're in um, one of the most competitive markets in, in the U.S., if not the most competitive. And I'm sure that makes things challenging, but would I be right to assume that um, that, I mean, I imagine you're a competitive guy that probably – helps keep you focused and driven and uh, what are the pros and cons of being in a market like that well it's it's forcing us to 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 think more creatively you know i'm 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 paying a lot of attention to the 28 30 year olds that are opening their own restaurants um mm. you know both both i looked at jeremiah bacon who's our chef partner in two restaurants and he's my age and i said listen in two or three years, we're not the ones that need to be coming up with the creative ideas. We're just not. We need to. We need to be listening to to, to the generation behind us. Um, and I'm paying a lot of attention to to the young kids that are opening restaurants much earlier than my generation. I mean, I was 40 before I w- was a partner in my first restaurant, and they're you know they're working two, three, four years in a restaurant and then opening their own. And I'm and I'm watching them both for what I don't want to do, um, you know, everything I just told you about hospitality, um, you you said it. There aren't the servant heart mentality isn't there as much anymore. That's a non-negotiable for me. I just I will never compromise on serving others. So that you know when I see these these the, the hipster restaurants where you feel like you're kind of privileged just for them to be serving you. Um, you know, I learn a lot about what I don't want to do because I think people will tire of that. I think yeah. when the cool when the cool factor wears off, what you're going to be left with is is you know how was I treated? Was I treated well? Was I not treated well? Um, and I do believe that's a phase in our industry. It might be a ten year phase, but I do believe it's a phase. Um, I think that when we open a restaurant, you know, we just opened Oku in Charlotte and. Uh, it's very, very busy, and, and people are over and over again talking about the service, the service, the service. Um, you know, I, I, I'm starting to see where people are starting to go, hey, we want to be treated nice again, you know? And, and I don't care if the chef has a bunch of tattoos and they're playing rap music while I'm eating. I'm, <laughs> I want to, you know, I want to be, yeah, the space is cool and it's packed and everybody wants to be here, but... I want to at least feel like the people are glad I'm there. So um, I, I think that uh, I think that that I want to continue to learn from the youth. 
you know, I, I think on the other side of that, I, I see a lot of very creative ideas, things that I wouldn't have thought of. And, and it's fun to watch. It's, and, and there's something to be learned concepts that, you know, five, six, seven, eight years ago, people would not have resonated with. I mean, there's a restaurant here called Zao Bao Biscuit, and it's a it's an Asian restaurant, for lack of a better term, that was opened in a gas station. Um, the chef is American. His wife is from Vietnam, and and they opened this small plate Asian place, and they're they're there's, they're in a huge spread in Bon Appetit magazine this month. And I would have never. That's a concept I would have never. You know, we we've opened sushi places, but. So there are some really fun, the lines, I think, from a cuisine point of view have gotten really blurred. You know, mm. you can say you're an Asian restaurant or you can, I mean, I, there's people that are opening Southern restaurants, but they've got kimchi on the menu. So, yeah. you know, there, there's this blurring of the lines uh, and the food press seems to love those kinds of places. Um, so it's, it's, it's a very interesting time in our business, that's for sure. Well, great service will never go out of style. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. It, it just won't. <laughs> I just believe it's timeless. Even even yeah. if again, even if it's that it's that intangible, and and you and you you don't you you can't exactly put your finger on it. I I think it's um, I, I think it's I think people will come back for it over and over again. I just it's what makes people feel good. And I, sure. I just I don't I don't think that's going to go out of style. I hope it doesn't. Well, let me ask you this: you, you've met, you've been in it, um, for quite some time. You said you love every minute of it. Um, what is, what what is it that you really love about the business? Do you think, Steve? It's the people. You know, yeah. it, it's people for me. Well, and you know, and now it's um, you know because my daily roles and responsibilities are much different with you know, as many restaurants as we have. And it's, I'm, if anything, I'm in the people business. Um, you know, the, the most rewarding thing for me is, 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 um, is our people, you know, there's nothing more rewarding for me than an employee that loves coming to work every day. There's just not, uh, and, and having them genuinely like and notice and care and go, you know, I just, I love being at this restaurant. I mean, it's, and and creating opportunities for people, um, you know that's, you know, and at the end of the day, I've never lost the enthusiasm for just taking care of people. Yeah. And when people stop me and say, "Man, we had the best meal at so and so the other night," I just I love it. There's no more rewarding feeling for me. That's awesome, man. Well, um, I guess the last thing I'll ask you is, uh, you know, a lot of folks that. Um, read this book or folks that are thinking about getting into the business, you know, they may, may be fellow restaurant owners, but a lot of them are folks that may want to be an owner one day and they just want to hear from other folks. What do you think, um, what would you tell somebody that's looking to get into the business um, that, you know, believes that they want to own a restaurant? Um, I, I know it's hard. And I know one thing that, you know, folks may overlook sometimes it's just, it is hard. It's, it's hard work. It's, it's 24-7-365. Um, it and I hear that word a lot. It's brutal. And although, although every one of you that I interviewed has been so successful as you have, says it's brutal. But I love every minute of it. So, what, what, what? Uh, any any parting advice or, or or 
thoughts you'd share with folks that uh, uh, w- would love to, you know, to kind of look at you and say, hey, I'd like to do that one day myself? You know, it's 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 funny, Will. We we've done we do outside consulting for other folks every once in a while. We don't really much anymore, but um, you know, I would say to somebody that wants to own a restaurant, go work in one first. No matter no matter if it's for six months or a year, just go wait tables. Even if you've been successful in some other business, I mean. I think there's two kinds of people that that get into the business that haven't come up through the ranks. There's pure investors and I have those and they, they leave me alone to run the day to day. Um, Mm. So that's one kind of ownership. You know, they see it as a business opportunity. And I, and I think all of the folks that have been kind enough to invest with me have some level of romanticism about the industry. Um, But then I see people that, have never been in it and they had put their money in it and then they want to be hands on in it and with no experience. And that's, that's just a dangerous, it's just a dangerous, I'm not going to say that you can't be successful because I know people that have been, um, if you're going to get into the business with no previous work experience, make sure you're hiring the right people, the, the people that have been at it a long time and then allow them to do their job. Um, you know, it, it, the restaurant business from an investment point of view can be a a very painful one. Um, you know, our, our failure rate is still pretty darn high. Um, and, and I see people that are, that have invested in a restaurant and for whatever reason, they didn't do their homework on what kind of concept the market needed, or they hired the wrong chef or general manager. And it's a very painful, bitter experience for them. You you absolutely have to love the business if you're gonna if you're gonna it, it's you know there are people that invest in businesses that have no emotional attachment whatsoever and they do very well. The restaurant business is a business for people that love it. Period. And and yeah. because it is hard and there's you know you go through economic downturns or you go through what we're going through right now, which is you know saturation, lack of staff. I think the election year has thrown. I mean. A lot of people I know, their numbers are down this year. And, uh, you know, you better love it because it will. it is a demanding girlfriend. <laughs> I'll tell you that. It is, awesome. She is a high-maintenance girlfriend. And, uh, and if you don't love it, it can, be, it can be not as much fun. Well, it's awesome advice, man. Um, Steve, I'll let you get back to it. I really... Really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And uh, sure, man, thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'll uh, I'll follow follow up once we get this thing on some paper and do, work through some edits. I'll send it to you, and uh, we'll take it from there. But I really appreciate it, man. Uh, I love what y'all are doing. And uh, where where is Oak? Here? I'm I'm actually in Charlotte. So where'd y'all open? We opened in Atherton Mill. Will there's a there's yep. a uh, on the south end. There's a there's a, a developer who's bought that called Edens, and you're gonna you're gonna see a massive redevelopment go here pretty soon. But we went in an anthropology and free people open, and we're right next door. So we're if you're if you're standing out on South Boulevard, we're to the far right in one of the old historic warehouses. Um, and we opened on my birthday, which is the fourth restaurant we've opened on my birthday. I don't know why. <laughs> it nice. always ends up working out that way. So we opened September 22nd. So we're just five weeks old. Um, 
but we're we're off to a we're off to a, a pretty big start and uh and it's been it's been great so far and and you know Charlotte's a market I've been I dated a girl in Charlotte. I mean, I've been coming to Charlotte for years. We're actually opening an Oak Steakhouse in March um in South Park. So it's Oh, um, nice. Yeah, so we're we're pretty bullish on Charlotte right now. Um but so far the response uh, has been pretty amazing. So no complaints. Man, I'm glad to hear. It. I'm out in the Ballantyne here. I'm, I'm gonna head. I'm gonna head that way soon. I'm. I'm. I'm very excited. I'm glad to know you are there. All right. Well, thanks so much. And if you need anything else from me, just give me a shout. Thanks, Steve. Have a good one, man. Take care. You too, bud. All right. Bye.